Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And this is Matt Henry, and we are going to do one of our fixing fables. And I still think we need a really good intro for that, but that's what we got, fixing fables. Uh, But this one actually comes from a listener, um, I believe it's a she, uh, Carol, or Coral, she sent us a question via our app, and she wanted to know how we would answer John chapter 10, verses 34 and 5. It says this, Jesus answered them, Has it not been written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, then he continues on. But that's that's the verses she wanted to talk about. Uh, her question was, how is this used by the word of faith people to argue that we are little gods? Because she knows people that are in the word of faith movement, and this bothers her. And so this is actually a passage very commonly used, obviously, in the word of faith, but also used by Mormons. They use it to argue that we will all become gods in our own right with our own universes. Um, And finally, you'll find it also in the New Age. Uh, This is a verse that will be used to argue for the essential divinity of humanity. And all we really need to do is to grow into our Christ consciousness. Yeah. Now, the one thing that we will say up front is that in all of the bad ways this passage is taken, it is always because typically a person does not look at the passage in its context or in this case, in the context of John, nor in the context of Psalm 32. No, which is 82. 82, I'm sorry, which is where Jesus is uh, pulling from when he quotes. Um, and and by now, you should know that context is what matters here. Um, I think we should make t-shirts. What should it say? Context matters. In fact, we could say theology matters on the back and the front context matters. Let us know if you think and if you would actually buy them. I still like context is king. Context is king. See, that would be another one. That could be the alternative hoodie that they could call. (laughs) Anyhow. And we'll try to triple just because of shipping. Um, No, that's the nice thing is uh, they're so cheap. Are they? Yeah, you can send them. Oh, you just roll them up in a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can send them just first class. Okay. So... uh, (laughs) Yeah, so let's first of all, we got to understand what's happening here in this passage. So Jesus is making a very strong statement, or he has been making strong statements of equality with God. Uh, so in verse 30, he says, I and the Father are one. Um, that right there is enough for the people to try and stone him. Uh, he confronts them by appealing to his own works, uh, and all of which he says are from the Father. Uh, and then their counter is that it is not the good works, but rather the fact that you are a man, and that is key, uh, that that you are a mere man, and you are making yourself out to be God. You see that in verse thirty-three. Uh, so note the argument. Um, note that uh, note that argument because it, it gives us 
the sense of what Jesus is doing. Uh, so they see him as a powerful man, but merely a man. And Jesus is not going to let them view him that way. Uh, he keeps pushing them to see uh, who he is uh, and who he really is. All right. So with that as your context, he then quotes in response to that, you're just a man and you're making yourself out to be God. He then quotes to them Psalm 82, verse 6, where it says, I said, you are God's and all of you are sons of the Most High. Here is uh, verse 34 again, uh, back in John. Jesus answered them, Has it not been written in your law, I said you are God's? Now, as a side note, it's worth also just noticing maybe as a point of interest that he calls the psalm the law. So uh, here he's using the term law in this broadest sense. The law just represents the corpus of the old, what we would call the Old Testament. Um, so how does this fit his response to the religious leaders? Again, it's all about how they are saying that he's a man, but makes himself to be God. So there are actually two ways you can look at Psalm 82. Um, the first is that it is about human judges who are called gods. I'd say that's the most common one. Um, the second is that this is talking about a type of spiritual being like angels or demons. Um, now, if it refers to humans— then the psalmist, who is Asaph, is speaking against men who are called Elohim in verse 1 and also again in verse 6. Elohim is a Hebrew word, and it's plural. It means gods. It also can refer to God in the singular, um, even though it's still Elohim. And so it's the context that tells you. Um, the fact that they are not judging justly, that's the issue that Asaph is dealing with, is these men who are called Elohim, is that they're not judging justly, rather they're showing partiality, which is verse 2. And so Asaph calls to them to repent and do what is right. But if they don't, then though they are called Elohim, you are putting, uh, uh, and let me back up this, uh, I, I wrote this awkwardly. If they don't, then though they are called Elohim, um, and they have been put in that position, of authority by God, then the end result is that you will die a common man under the true judge, who also is here called Elohim. So you got Elohim all the way through. And, and that's the view that, okay, these are human judges established by God. They're supposed to rule rightly, and they're not. And if they don't repent of that, then the true Elohim is going to judge them righteously. That's right. view one. Yes. Um, Second view, if, if it refers, if it's speaking here of spiritual beings, um, Dr. Michael Heiser uh, speaks to this, and he's a major proponent of this view, that it's speaking of spiritual beings. He argues that the Old Testament is full of references to what he calls an unseen realm that we tend to ignore. Uh, he speaks of what he calls the divine council, who are uh, basically these very powerful beings created by God who were to function as sort of mini gods. Um, and they function that way, but over human affairs. Um, but they did not obey and they went the way of their leader who is the devil. Um, and so there, uh, there's a lot that we could talk about, um, but it would not help us deal here with John 10. Um, but suffice it to say that he sees passages like Daniel where uh, Michael the archangel who there is called one of the chief princes, prin princes, um, but he was he was held up 
due to the Prince of Persia. There's this battle going on. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and the Unseen Realm. Yeah. Uh, he also mentions they're the Prince of Greece as well. Um, so this divine council was to righteously oversee the nations, but due to the rebellion, uh, uh, instead they, they helped humanity so evil and injustice. Yeah, so his point, and I, I which one are you sympathetic toward? I lean toward that one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I used to hold to the human judges, but more and more, I, I think that he is talking about the fact that uh, he has established these this divine council who are supposed to righteously judge um, in, in an unseen way through, uh, over humanity in their various areas of responsibility. But in rebellion, the vast majority do it in an unrighteous way, and that there will be a day that they will then be judged by him for the, their failure. Now, it doesn't matter. If you say, no, you guys are whacked, and the first few, um, you're still capturing the essence of what's going on in unrighteous judging, but he calls them Elohim. Which is the word for God. Right. Yeah. So with that in mind, depending on how you understand Psalm 82 will affect how you understand Jesus. Either he's saying this, look, you're freaking out over me using the word God, even though men are called gods in a unique way in the Bible. So your problem is not with me using that word, but you rejecting who I am. That's his point. Or he is saying, look, you freak out over this use of God, but the Bible talks about other beings as gods who are not the God, and it is used by Asaph, and he isn't committing blasphemy. So why do you think I'm blaspheming? Your real problem is you can't accept me as what and who I am. So either way, he's like, Look, your own Bible. <laughs> He's a uh, master trapper, isn't he? Yes. Um, yeah. So the one thing that you can't do is rip these two verses out of context to say that the Bible is trying to develop the idea that the Christian is uh, a little God and we need to tap into the divine potential um, and use our words to bring forth reality, something like that. Uh, it's simply not present in that text or in any other text. But th that is how false teaching works. Uh, passages referred to uh, but are never really addressed and exposited or explained rightly. Contexts, uh, contexts are always ignored, though often they are vaguely addressed merely to give the appearance of careful examination. And always the person of God is diminished and the human is in some way exalted. Yeah, so that's our answer. Uh, that's how we would deal with it. I, but we'll be honest. If you're dealing with a person who's caught up in the word of faith, um, I think you need to address it within its context. But understand there's not one verse that's going to wipe it out because behind there is a, a really twisted understanding of God, of man, of sin, of faith. Of, I mean, almost every word in their in their vocabulary has a different meaning than what the Bible actually says, right? Like faith is an, a substance that you can manipulate. Power, yeah. And because you're made in the image of God, that's another thing they argue uh, that, see, we're really little gods because we're made in his image. And just as God spoke the creation into existence, we can invoke through our words, which is really just the law of attraction and uh, Eastern mysticism, but that we can, through our words, uh, if we truly believe them, we can bring forth a reality. It's it's heretical. Um, so there's a lot more going on there, but that that is how we would address that if you're talking to somebody and they're trying to use John 10. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say? 
Oh, that's good. Okay. So with that in mind, we, we, we do hope that that was helpful. We enjoy doing these little fixing the fables. Um, if you have a question on a specific passage, let us know, and then we'll add it to the list, and, and we'll do them. We'd love to hear your thoughts, though, on uh, John 10, if you have any. But regardless, don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, review on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell a friend. Mm-hmm.